The show comes to you each and every weekday at about this same time from the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio. The Eric St. Show podcast begins now. Hey, this is Patriot Nick, and you're listening to the Eric Zane Show podcast, where if you don't like what the host says, he'll threaten to fight you in the streets. Hey, I'm a girl. Wait, that's not the right clip. Yes, I have to fight you in the street now. There you go. Now, here's your host. I'll fight you in the street. Eric Zane. Thank you. I don't care where it is. I will fight you in the street. Uh, Welcome to you. And uh, thank you so much for being part of this show. Welcome in. It is a daily podcast where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures. Uh, every day of the work week for quite some time. I was a little surprised at this poll that I put out on Twitter. I had um, I came across an article in August of 2020 about, um, it, according to it, the speculation was that FM radio, music on the radio, has about a 10-year lifespan. I'm like, how the hell would they know that? Um, I don't, I, I don't even know what the hell they're basing it on. And the, um, the thought is, is that people in general will be, uh, getting most of their music sources on their phone if they aren't already. And, you know, uh, it's just strange. I, someone actually tweeted out to me, with the exception being, amazingly, a Q100 in northern Michigan, which makes perfect sense to me, that they don't listen at all. Would you care if music disappeared from FM radio? And Eric wrote, stations like Q100 are all I listen to as music FMs go. They play stuff that no one else plays. Is it all good? No. But it's different and a nice change of pace. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more because sometimes I'll be listening to Q100 in uh, northern Michigan and they'll play a song that I may not even recognize, but I still will listen to it. And and then they'll play like uh, Mungo Jerry or some shit like that. I'm like, what is going on here? My God, it's just, it's amazing. The train wreck of, uh, of, of segues that you hear. Uh, my show, The Insane Asylum on there, that is uh, uh, more known than what they do every every other hour of every day. Bleeding Heart Brian writes, I very rarely listen to any terrestrial radio. Generally, I stream everything. Joe writes, speaking for myself, it's either YouTube music or Sirius. Uh, SSND. Am I dumb because I don't know what that stands for? Uh, for FM music. Yes, Sirius is guilty. Playing same songs over and over. However, I don't have to turn the channel when the signal is lost. Then listen to Don't Stop Believing three times in one day. Whatever. Um, so I threw the poll out there. And I, I'm a little surprised at the results. It isn't uh, 
would you care if music disappeared from FM radio? About halfway through the uh, time frame that the poll is uh, is active. And uh, 161 votes. And 56% said, yes, I would care. And 44% said, no, I... I'm, I, I am honestly surprised at that. I thought it would be uh, flipped. So I guess that there is still a need for it. All right. There's several ways you can get this show, none of which are FM radio. Uh, of course, you can uh, catch me as I record the show right now. Uh, the audio that every word that's leaving my mouth, every sound clip that I play, that shows up on the audio podcast, downloadable wherever you download podcasts. Wherever that may be, um, you can subscribe to the channel there. Please do. Your subscription means a lot to your old pal, Eric Zane. It's one of the uh, 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 free ways that you can help the show grow is by uh, subscribing to the audio podcast on whatever platform that you listen to the show on. As well, uh, while I'm recording it, it's all happening live on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eric Zane fan page. Please uh, share it, give it a thumbs up, and it is brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair Grand Rapids Hybrid and EV. On Twitter, a Periscope video retweeted with a snarky comment. Off you go. Thank you so much. Please follow me on Twitter at Eric Zane Show. And then on YouTube, the almighty YouTube. Brought to you by My Policy Shop Insurance, Eric Zane Show on YouTube. If you could, subscribe to the channel, bell, notification, thumbs up. If you do all of these things, if every single one of you did all of these things, it would be incredibly helpful. So thank you so much as we continue to try and grow this shit show. Saying hello to the live audience. Thank you so much for being part of it. Um, all right. Thank you. I got uh, Melissa here. Hello, Kenny, Megan, the usual suspect, Sarah Rook, Ruck Roosh. Uh, Josh is here. What's up? And Cognito, which I think is a person that I know, but I don't know because they don't say who the name is. So I don't even know who the hell that is. Uh, and says, next time you're late, we're not going to dock your pay. Oh, no, we're going to make you hang out with Kevin, the NFK who is uh, up and active today. Uh, after the little dust-up we had at the, uh, at the end of the week, Jason Schaefer says, big update on my mom. Hey, Jason, uh, type your answer. Can I call you and get an update on mom? Mom is having some major, major kidney issues. And God help us. You know, I am hoping for some good news here on this because, uh, you know, the uh, story kind of unveiled uh, last week. Uh, Jason's sweet, loving mother. All right, I will call you. Uh, she has uh, uh, one kidney is gone because uh, years, uh, some time ago, I don't know exactly when. Damaged kidney removed from her body. And, you know, all things kidney related, I... Uh, tend to pay attention to those stories uh, considering my history and uh now she the other one went went south so mom needs a kidney so who's and i you know i didn't mention this on the free podcast so uh i i threw it out there on the patreon that's how the um 
the thing kind of she she needs a kidney. Somebody needs to give Jason's mother a kidney so that she's going to stay alive. And being uh, the the background that I come from, you know, I am a champion for kidney donation. All right, let's bring this guy in here right now. One and only Jason Schaefer, sometimes known as Crank. Hey, buddy. Good morning, Jason. How are you? Good morning. Good. How are you? Never better. So, uh, what's yeah. the news? We uh, we ended last week with uh, mom. Um, she was in the hospital in Virginia. Got to get her back here to Michigan, and she's on dialysis. Holy crap! Right. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> I talked to my dad and they went through three rounds of dialysis since, uh, Wednesday and her creatine, her creatine level was like nine and her output, her kidney output was like 8%. So yeah. it was, you know, it was done. It was dying. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So the dialysis must've turned some stuff around because her creatine levels down to three and her output is at like 50% now. But the long story is this happened with her kidney that was removed uh, in February. This happened like two years ago with her kidney yeah. that they took out. So, like, it stopped working, and they were able to basically jumpstart it, but eventually it will fail. And they're, they're thinking the same thing with this one. But short term, she's coming out of the woods, hopefully. Um, they're still in Virginia at my – she's probably going to be released from the hospital today or tomorrow and go to my sister's house because they had to put in a, a temporary pacemaker in her carotid artery. My God. Yeah. Because her, her heart was crashing too. Her b- blood pressure was down like 50 over 30. Holy shit. So that's got to heal up before she can travel. So the, the thinking is she's going to go to my sister's for like a week, let that incision heal up as well as do dialysis a few more times oh. to get on the every other day schedule. Yeah, so for sure. So on the off day, they can travel back to Michigan. So Okay, so it's kind of like take it as it comes. This is, uh, yeah. damn yep. it. A little bit of movement in the right way. But like I said, long term, she's going to have to have another kidney. Uh, so I'm making, I'm going to make an appointment to go get all the genetic testing and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, for sure. Just to see if I'm a match and... I've got a twin sister and I've got a younger sister yeah. and they're also going to do yeah. the testing to see, you know, hey, if there's potential there. Is your wife drunk right now by chance? No. Why do you say that? Because she's saying terrible things right now while you and I are talking. Yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, and they may have told you this when you went through your, you know, your drama or your saga with Jeffrey is people may need an organ. It's not a, a personality transplant it's an organ transplant and so the things that my wife is saying mostly are true <laughs> uh but that doesn't mean that my mom deserves a lifetime or a death sentence yeah, i know i'm like what i i i, I she's <laughs> she has fired off three big blasts and i'm begging she stop and then uh right right when i'm like oh i hope she doesn't say anything else terrible she fires off another one i mean right, yeah she's <laughs> i love you andrea but you gotta like tone it down a little it's bit just, that's a guy's mom. You can't. You, I mean, I know. what the fuck? Look, I know. I'd say they're having a discussion with you, uh, heartfelt about okay, and then I, 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 I see she, she fucking writes. 
please no one give her a kidney. In a- oh, yeah. See, that that's tongue-in-cheek. I mean, we've talked about that. She doesn't oh, really feel that way, but thanks. she's trying to well, stir the pot a little bit. And then, uh, and then uh, someone wrote, play, uh, praying for your mom, and then the next comment is hers, and she writes, that's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it is what it is, man. And then she you follows know, it up with tightrope that I have to walk yes, between her and my mom. My and, God, what a you you seriously, man! You are like a. Uh, it is a. You're right. There is some rocky waters you have to navigate from time to time. You got to be very careful. What the fuck? Yeah, I've been doing it for a long time though, so I'm experienced. And she writes letters, stay in Virginia. <laughs> yeah, well, that wouldn't be too bad because my sister, you know, she gets along with my sister pretty well, and. Uh, you know, she can stay down there. She's got a nice big house with no kids. All the kids are moved out to college. So plenty of room for mom and dad. Your dad's down there with her, too. Okay. Your They're wife stuck. is just, holy shit. My yeah. God, is she funny. Oh, no. And then, Oh, boy. she Dude, I can't. Okay. Should I even continue? No, I'll read the comments later. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll just hear it from her, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, uh, thank her for livening up this. You know, I mean, it was fine. It was fine to just have a nice conversation, but she has definitely uh, t- uh, turned it on its ear <laughs> with That's all right, this. Man. She's, she's dynamic that way. Okay. Very good. Thank you so much. Thanks for the call, bud. Yeah, we'll buddy. You. Have a thank good day. you. All right. There you go. Uh, one and only Jason Shaver. <sighs> okay. Ah. Uh, and then she she adds, "That's your day." He's trying to like uh, uh, be political about it, Jason. And then Andrea writes, "That's your opinion." And then she delivers the death blow with, uh, "Fuck that! See you next Tuesday." Oh, shit! Oh my god! Oh. And writes. She's like, I love my husband, but if his mom died, I wouldn't be sad. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Andrea, what are you doing? Frank Fuss is blushing. Megan is cringing. Dirk is like, oh, my gosh, Andrea. Oh. Andrea says, I love my father-in-law, just not the mom. Leah is in Australia. That is something. Andrea, what would it take for you to give a kidney to your mother-in-law? Maybe one day we'll get the uh, specifics of why. There there must be something deep there. I mean, if you are wishing death upon your husband's mother, something really, really terrible happened. Wow. I couldn't believe it. I'm sitting here talking. I couldn't even concentrate. I'm talking to Jason. I'm saying, leave her in Virginia. That's unfortunate. Oh, fuck her. Oh, my God. Oh. Absolutely incredible. Okay, now this is just wrong. Anne writes, congratulations, Eric. You found someone that hates a relative more than you hate Kevin. 
I do not hate Kevin. I love Kevin, and I don't know how the fuck you could have possibly uh, thought that. While I sit there and, uh, and, and bitch about stomping around and being gross, I, I, I love him dearly and want and will always take care of him. Are you fucking nuts? You can't say that. You can't just throw that shit out there. What have you? What have you ever, ever? Uh, uh, when have I ever referenced? Oh yeah, I I totally dislike him. Come on, or even hate him. He says, "I know, man. I know." Well, then you can't write it because then somebody's gonna think that shit. You can't just throw that shit out there. Take it back right now. Three hundred seconds. Three hundred seconds. Now you know what? I'm not in the mood to give people three hundred seconds. You're gonna have to do worse than that. I'm in a spectacular mood today. Wow. That was heavy. All that shit just kept flying in. These crazy insults to Jason's mother. My God. All right. Oh, um, absolutely. Uh, I just hope that you all had a great weekend. I want to update you on a couple of things. But before I do, the open of the show is brought to you by... A and E heating and cooling online at aeheatingcooling.net. The one and only Joe Martinez, man, this guy is awesome. If you need a new air conditioner, maybe you're uh, in a house that just doesn't have air conditioning. You've always been like, yeah, I've always wanted that. Just seems like something I, uh, I can't afford or something like that. I, I, I want you to reach out to Joe just at least have him by the house. It doesn't cost you anything to have him, uh, uh give you an estimate. That's uh, that's part of his job, you know, give you that estimate. Uh, but first, go ahead and get an estimate from a couple other uh, people locally and then have Joe do it you know, last. He's going to beat their price. He's installing the best um, air conditioning setup made, and that is the Comfort Maker brand of air conditioners. Okay, uh, Reach out to Joe at 616-516-8579 for A&E Heating and Cooling online at aeheatingcooling.net. If you need an after-hour service call, something's wrong, you don't know what the hell is going on, call on Joe. He can help you out. It's going to cost you a little more to get him out of uh, out of bed, but uh, 24 hours a day, he can help you. Loving my friends at Cornhole America. Uh, it's great fun in the backyard or wherever you may uh, be. Cornhole America cornhole boards are made from the uh, best, best materials and will last you forever. This is the uh, one and only set of cornhole boards you will ever need to buy. And you can put any logo you want on these bad boys. Cornhole America, online at cornholeamerica.com. Sent anywhere in the USA. Uh, go to the website and uh, make sure when you buy them, you send me a picture of what you buy or at least that you you uh, went to their website and bought a set of cornhole boards. I need to know that because then I can tell Jason Duflo over at Cornhole America, see, the audience is really supporting you. Reach out. Cornholeamerica.com for a great set of cornhole boards today. Excuse me. Damn it. Okay. uh, We are under 12 weeks away from the Grand Rapids half marathon. I need to update you as to what's going on. All right. It is the 26th of July. That means... One, two, three, four, five days. 31, 61, 66, 67, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73, 74, 75, 
83 days away from my race with Mike Ball. Half marathon, winner takes all. I don't even know how we got to this point. I think we're just talking shit. And, uh, okay, the next thing you know, we have a race. October 17th, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Half marathon. Uh, I realized after I committed to this that Mike is in much better shape. I think probably the best shape he's ever been in his entire life. Me, you know me, not. However, <clears throat> I will say this. This weekend, I had a uh, seven-mile run on the schedule. I got the schedule right here. Um, and I follow it. I've been following it. In fact, last week I put in 11, 16, 17, 18, 19, 19 and three quarters, 24 and three quarters, 27 and three quarters miles, 27 and three quarters of a mile. The, the training uh, distances are going up per week. The workouts are getting longer. Um, Saturday is the long run, and I had a very, very busy day on Saturday. I went uh, all the way to Detroit, more on that in a second, and uh, came back, and um, it's getting late, and I'm like, okay, I owe a seven-mile run. I have to get this done. I cannot miss the long runs. You start missing long runs, you're screwed. All the training, the previous day's training affects the next day's training. It's, it's you know, just basic uh, uh, conditioning. It was hot as hell, but it was in the, uh, it, and I ended up finishing, it was pitch black. Okay. And uh, off I go. And I'll tell you this. Of all the runs that I've done leading up to this point, I will say that on this particular day, I have felt I felt better than I have in a in in months, maybe even in years, frankly. Now these long runs you don't run fast. You take it easy. Zone 2 endurance pace. That's the point. You're getting your body gradually ready for longer and longer distances. As you know, I know everything there is to know about this. Uh, I have a vast wealth of knowledge at my disposal, so much more than Mike Ball. I don't know why he thinks he knows everything there is to know about it. I, I mean, frankly, it's luck that he's gotten this far. I can't even get behind that. That's stupid. He knows just as much as I do. Now, he reaches out to me, and I have this in a seven-mile run due. And um, this is crazy because I'm like, are you, are you nuts? Proposal. He, he reaches out to me on Friday. Friday evening. Proposal. Uh, Saturday, tomorrow morning, you and I will run an easy mile and a half. Then we will compete in the 5K, the Byron Days 5K. I will pay for your entry. Then another easy two and a half miles. You'll get your seven miles in. Now, let me just stop you right there. Uh, okay. Uh, I want to do seven miles straight, and I want to do it at endurance pace. So you reaching out to me 
and say, yeah, uh, in between these distances, we're going to throw in a 5K where you run your fucking face off. That is absolutely not what I'm trying to do. And I'm not going to fall for your stupid tricks and traps. Because if I run that 5K hard with you, try to beat you, that's not the point. The point of the long run is supposed to be endurance pace, zone two, not zone five, lung-burning idiot. You know that. You'll get your seven miles in. You'll be home by 9.30 to get on with your weekend. Gives our potential betters a little baseline for where to put their hard-earned dollars. Please tell me all the reasons you can't do this. I'll get to that in a second. Let me just tell you that tomorrow we are going live with our fundraiser for this. Now, it's real simple. For this October 17th race, you bet on me or you bet on Mike. In order to bet, you got to drop $25 for the AT Children's Project. I have a website built. I will give you the link for it. I'll link it up tomorrow. Uh, Just prepare yourselves to drop $25 and place your bet. You place your bet. And when you place your bet, let's say you write Mike Ball. And then you write in the time that he's going to beat me by. Uh, Eight minutes. That's your bet. Cost you $25 to do that. You can bet. You can put more in if you want. If you have, if you're loaded with, if you're cash heavy or whatever, and you want to drop $100 for the AT Children's Project, great. But to get in, it's a minimum $25 to place your bet. That's a donation for this children's uh, charity uh, fighting this deadly disease. Um, that's why we're doing this. Mike seems to think, yeah, uh, it'll give a little baseline for where to put their, uh, the audience to put their hard earned dollars. Uh, First of all, I don't think anybody's taking it that seriously, idiot. Let me tell you this. I am putting up my own money as a prize for this. Um, I thought about, Hey, why don't you go to the sponsors and have them do it? I don't want to do that. Uh, you know, I'd rather just keep it simple. Whoever comes closest on the betting will get a $300 gift card. Whoever comes second closest gets a $200 gift card. Obviously, third closest gets a $100 gift card. Okay? If the sponsors want to give uh, door prizes, things like that, to add sweeten the pot, they're more than welcome to. Uh, if you hear this podcast, let me know, and we will put something together, uh, whatever, uh, auto care, uh, paintball, whatever you guys want to do. You're more than welcome, and I will include you uh, in this, in, in, the, uh, in the fun for this. But there you go. I'm going to launch this tomorrow. So what you're going to want to do, sign up, $25, and that makes you eligible to bet. You, who's going to win and by what time? How much will the victory be by? Whoever's closest, okay? Now, when I say closest, uh, it doesn't have to be going over. What Whoever is closest. Um, well, I guess, it, I mean, if you, uh, if you're, if you're, uh, if you put a time in, let's say Mike Ball beats me by nine minutes and you put uh, nine minute, two second, you would win that more than likely. Or if you put eight minutes, 58 seconds, that's the same difference, two seconds. You know what I mean? That's how I'm going to do it. I'm I'm saying that now so the rules will state. So Mike wants me to run with him Saturday. Yeah, hey, yeah, show up on my turf, a mile and a half warm-up, 
uh, uh, lung burning 5K and then two and a half uh, cool down? No, first of all. Second of all, I can't. And then he writes, um, uh, please tell me all the reasons that you can't do this with a smart ass emoji. And I wrote, idiot, I'll be done running tomorrow morning by 8 a.m. Traveling to Detroit. Now, as it turns out, I didn't even have time to do that. I had to do it in the evening because I was so jam-packed with things to do. And he wrote, okay, track workout Monday it is. Just tell me the time to be there. Yeah, uh, fucker, did uh, Rocky train with Apollo before they fought? Uh, did uh, I mean, is that how it works? No. I, I want to crush you. I don't, I don't want to train with you, dick. Stay the fuck away. Train with you. This is serious shit, you asshole. Okay. And besides, I have no I am not in the same neighborhood in fitness compared to Mike Ball. He would he would all he would do is make me feel bad right now. I felt great on Saturday. And I probably could have gone 10 miles. I did the seven, but I did it slow. There is no way I am at the same level of fitness as him. Oh, and then Aram, who's a smart asshole, writes, uh, one might say then he keeps leaving out the word slow when talking about his run. I just said slow, so fuck you. Josh says you don't need Mike Ball to make you feel bad. You've got all of us for that. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm going to rub all of your noses in shit. All I've done is everything right. I've just trained, 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 and only ate half as shitty as I normally do. Look at this. Uh I sure hope Eric gives his Armenian hamstrings a good stretching before the race. I know how they tend to cramp up on him. All right. Uh, 12 weeks away. Take a look at this. I'd be lying if I said I ignored it, but uh, our good old pal Mike Ball, he uh, had a race over the weekend. second here i'm screwing this up already let's take a look at how he did all right i don't know who this person is daphne she's not included in this we only need to pay attention to mike and evan father right here son right here holy shit now mike i know is fully capable of of knocking about a minute and a half off of this. I think Mike can run about a 1930 for a 5K. I think the only reason why he ran a 2117, which I can't even touch that right now. Look at that, 650 a mile. What the hell just happened? 650 a mile is uh, I think he was pacing his son, Evan. It was also pretty, I you know, frankly... Um, that's pretty damn good, too. Well done. What the hell is going on here? Let 
Mike Ball. What the hell? I just had the thing here, and then it disappears on me. Son of a bitch. Well, anyway. 650 a mile for Mike. I think I'm guessing that his son uh, went faster than him. I'm sure that they were running together, and then fi- at the end, he said, all right, go kick it in, you know? So I'm not going to sit here and act like I've got any uh, any bit of cockiness or brashness to me, to me in any way, okay? Tomorrow we go live with it again. The point of all this is to raise money for the AT Children's Project. You don't know what that is. It is a uh, devastating, deadly uh, children's disease. Combines all of the effects, the terrible side effects of muscular dystrophy, um, MS, Parkinson's disease. Uh, people that um, have AT are likely to get cancer at a young age. And this disease has taken the uh, lives of my our dear f- uh, family friends, the Veldings, two of their three children. Two of their three children uh, had AT, and it went on to take the lives of Kate and Olivia. And I still can't believe that I'm saying that. I just cannot believe that. All right. So that's what it's all about. Here we go. So no, Mike, you will not be training with me. Train on your own and do your own damn thing. Today, three one-mile repeats. This is the first time I've, I've increased the, the uh, uh, number of repetitions on the one-mile repeats. That's eventually going to get up to uh, seven. Seven one-mile repeats on week 11. At faster than 10K pace, which for me is about 7.45 a mile right now. So I got to get faster. All right. So that's what's up. Tomorrow we go live with that. Uh, This weekend, I was off to Detroit for a... uh, for a happiness party. You're like, what the hell is that? That's what my uh, dearly departed mother used to refer when the whole family would get together, a happiness party. Now, as you know, my family uh, is, is definitely a, a, a little lot. I got a lot of stepbrothers, stepsisters, a lot of people I don't even know, it seems like. And, uh, you know, that's because of, uh, well, you know, everybody, my mom, my dad, my stepdad, everybody's been married like a million times. I think this is Wally's second marriage. Maybe his third. I don't even know. Now, you got to understand, my mother's husband is one of the sweetest, brightest people on the planet. He's a very caring, giving man. A little bit of history. For a period of time, he was in the seminary. He, He decided he wanted to be a priest. And then years passed, and then uh, he had actually started that. He got out of it and then uh, uh, changed his career path, became an educator. Uh, The story goes that um, after my mom and dad got divorced, um, and I talked about this in front of the group over the weekend, um, I had a paper route, the Macomb Daily. And uh, I remember this is back in the day when – the paper boy would go and bang on the door and say, yeah, you owe me a buck 25 for the paper for a week. And uh, one of the 
customers was my mom's future husband, Wally. And I remember this guy used to come to the door, you know, bachelor pad or shit all over the inside of the house. There's this dog barking crazily. And I'm like, oh, this dog is fucking driving me nuts. There's a cat trying to get out. He's trying to keep the animals inside. He's got a, a, a brown cigarette, those, those more cigarettes. He's smoking away. And he's like, yeah, here, give me a nice tip. Give me like a 50 cent tip. That was awesome. Uh, but the guy, you know, he tended to uh, uh, be a little bit uh, uh, long-winded. He would tell me these stories, and I'm like, oh, shit. You know, I mean, before before long, it's pitch black outside. Mr. Corbeil's still talking. I'm like, oh, my God. And then his, uh, his, his daughter would be there. She was kind of hot. And then uh, her sons were there. They were, they were quiet. Turns out, as years would pass, um, I would play a game in the neighborhood called Assassin. Assassin was... You get like 25 kids and uh, one guy is the game master. Okay. And uh, he puts all the names into a bag and then uh, he draws out who has to kill who. So, um, and then no one knows who has to kill who. And then you have to, um, in a stealth like fashion, kill them with like a dart gun or uh, whatever. And you can be creative as to how you do it. You you can poison them. Like if uh, um, there, there's various ways. You can put like Vaseline on their handle grips. And maybe like if they park the bike, you put the Vaseline on the handle grips of the, of the, of the mongoose bike. Okay. And then you kind of sneak away and you keep an eye and you're watching from a distance. And I'm not kidding you with like binoculars. And you see the kid come up and touch the handle grips in the mongoose bike. And then uh, the BMX thing. And then they go, oh, fuck. And then you kind of run it. Ah, you're dead. I saw you. You're dead. It's kind of like honor system. They can say, oh, no, I'm not. It's like, yes, you are. You're fucking dead. Go tell the game master that you killed so-and-so. And and then he gives you a new person to kill. Last guy standing wins. Well, uh, Joe Corbeil uh, was Wally's son. And that fucker was good at this game. I'll never forget the idiot put a water balloon in the underside of my bike seat. And uh, I, I pulled the bike out of the bike rack, and the water balloon fell out, and it burst on the ground. And I, I'm like, oh, shit. Sure enough, out of the woodwork, here comes Joe. You're dead. Ah, God, he was good at it. This ends up being my, my uh, stepbrother, Joe Corbeil. This ends up being my stepfather, Wally. I couldn't believe it the day that my mom said, I think, I'm, uh, I think Mr. Corbeil and I are boyfriend and girlfriend. I'm like, what? Huh? he doesn't shut up. The guy doesn't know. He, he, he can't stop talking. Every time I go there to collect and take, you know, every, there's like a, a Amber alert out on me because he takes an hour to tell me a story. Come on. And uh, she's like, no, man, this guy's a real deal. He's a good guy. And uh, I, I, I think, uh, I think, I think we're going to start dating. I'm like, Oh my God. All right. Well, all right. You know, and then, you know, as uh, the way it works, when you have uh, this type of scenario, at some point, the, uh, um, future stepdad has to, you know, years, you know, time passes of dating. And he sits down with all, all four of my, my mother's uh, sons, me included, and says, uh, I think I want to marry your mother. We're like, hmm, okay, well, I guess so. So, all right, the rest is history. Now, uh, my mom had passed October 16th, and let me just tell you, Wally did a hell of a job taking care of my mother. Um, at some point, he became like a caregiver because my mom was fading. And uh, we, we talked about that yesterday 
at this, uh, not yesterday, Saturday, at this memorial luncheon because when my mom passed, you know, it was, it was uh, you couldn't really uh, do anything to get together and reflect upon the person's life. You know how it is when you have the, uh, the after uh, luncheon or whatever, when somebody usually says something, you know, it was all weird during COVID and it still is during COVID right now, but still at the back then you couldn't do anything. You basically just have this uh, a funeral with not a lot of people there. You, you, you put the departed in the ground and you go home. So we had that this weekend. This was the weekend for that Saturday. So, you know, um, it's just remarkable to think about where it's coming. And it's, it's a little weird for me because when somebody dies, and I'm sure for a lot of people too, in the scenario that we had October 16th, and then, you know, a long period of time passes till July 24. And then you got to kind of reestablish yourself into this not so great period of time, remembering somebody's passing. So, and I don't want to say that it was, uh, you know, I mean, it, uh, to me, it's the after thing when all the people who are still alive, which is everybody, obviously, um, and you, you, you kind of share with each other. So I don't know. It was, uh, it was good to see everyone. And, uh, we all, we all go down. We're uh, running late because queen of the forest says, seriously, how much time did we have to were there? I go 30 minutes. She goes, I am going to poop my pants. I'm going to poop right here. No problem. Pull over. Thank God. Get back in the car. Uh, off we go. We get there. And uh, there's the crew. Um, I spoke a little bit. Wally asked me, he goes, will you um, uh, read these things from people who couldn't make it and maybe say a few words? So, yeah, that was that was great. It was something that I, I like to do, obviously. My uh, my brother spoke. Wally spoke. Wally, Wally, uh, my God, I tell you what, uh, I, I bust Wally's balls all the time about um, his storytelling because what he tends to do, he te- he does he did very well uh, this this uh, at this moment. But what he tends to do is he doesn't recognize when he's losing the room, and uh, he started to go down that road because uh, <laughs> poor guy is telling stories about how him and my mother used to volunteer for Meals on Wheels. So even all the way up to the very end, as long as they could, they would, uh, with their extra time, they would deliver food to people who are uh, like homebound. And and in a lot of cases, Wally is older and my mom are older than the people that they're delivering the food to. And they show up, you know, and and Wally is still in tremendous shape. Wally has always uh, been very, very active physically. And I think he's going to live to about 160 years old. I mean, I'm not kidding you. Um, so he's telling a story and he, uh, he's talking about meals on wheels. And then, uh, for some reason he, this is how he gets off the beaten path. You know, he's, he's focused and he's doing good. And I'm proud of him because he's, he's actually staying on, on topic. And, uh, then he somehow his brain, he's done this since I've known him, since I delivered the newspaper. I'm not kidding you. This was, it was sort of happened all he's, he's 44 years old and I'm standing there. I'm 13. You know, I got there to his house to collect for the paper for the buck 25 at, you know, 915 in the morning. Now it's uh, uh, 10 o'clock at night is drool hanging, uh, coming off my face. You know, I mean, it's horrible. My, my feet are falling asleep from standing. It's terrible. Starving. And he's still going on and on and on. 
And uh, that's just been his thing. It's his call. I think he's doing it on purpose. I think he knows. I think he wants to see if anybody will actually tell him to shut up. And I don't think anybody actually has. So he's sitting there talking. And he's like, oh, uh, and he has a he has a tendency when he talks to kind of like uh, he has this like a uh, tone. It's almost like a drone, a, a drone tone. And uh, so he's, he's talking and uh, he's talking about the meals on wheels. He goes, and then the, you see this bag right here. And there's a there's a bag or something like that that he got from the meals on wheels, folks. It's a tote bag. And he like holds up the bag. They gave us this bag and he's showing off the bag. And, and I'm like, well, like. No one cares about the bag. Just you, you. This is you losing the room here. You, you, you got great subject matter up to this point. Stop losing the room. You're doing so well. You shoot yourself in the foot every time. You got to learn to edit. Okay, all those superfluous details. They, you know, when it comes to storytelling, you gotta, you gotta go for it. You can't bog us down with tote bag talk. When we're talking about the memories of the dearly departed, you're doing so great. So then he gets it back on track. Like, oh, thank God. And then he touches on this. And it you could have heard a pin drop. This was the moment. And uh, for a guy who was minutes earlier talking about tote bags, he then gets it refocused and goes like this. Uh, he's talking about a dear friend of theirs who is uh, also older, of course. And um, this is um, some time after my mother has passed. And uh, this lady approaches Wally, he tells us, and says, Wally. Like out of the blue, she just walks up to me. Has, has Bernie, my mother, appeared to you since she passed? And I'm like, wow, what a what a question to ask. First of all, to ask that, how incredible is that? To say it in such a way, this person no doubt has experienced some loss, okay? And has and this has happened. Now, I'm sure some of you might say, ha, or whatever, and might uh, mock this, or but uh, why the hell not? Why the hell could this not happen? I mean, we're all here on this world, and uh, I, I think it would be a little nutty to go about and a little bit, uh, I don't know, myopic to think that this doesn't happen to people. Has, has Bernie appeared to you? And he looks at her. This is him talking. And he says, no, not at all. She says, okay. And then Wally indicates that he's not sure what happened, but maybe he wasn't being, uh, uh, maybe he wasn't keenly aware or something like that, or uh, not sure what happened. But then over the period of the next week, week and a half, um, this happened more than once. And, um, if I remember correctly, I, 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 he touched on he would be asleep and um, he would he described it like when he was sleeping with my mother as my mother was starting to fail. Um, she would if, if ever needed to get out of bed, she would need help and she would nudge him while he slept. Like, get up. I need your help. And uh, 
he said he felt a nudge and like he moved and like he, he opened up his eyes. And so now he's awake in the bed. Like, what the hell was that? You know, I mean, you, can you imagine laying there? You feel something nudge you. It's like, that's weird. So then his eyes are open. He's awake. He's looking around the room, coming out of the sleep and then feels it again. <laughs> he feels a nudge. He's like, what the fuck? So he like reaches over where like my mother would sleep. And he's like, oh, she's not there. Okay. Then he described it as um, my mother, like if, uh, if Wally is seated at this one desk area that he has and like maybe writing out bills or something like that, my mother oftentimes would come up behind him and touch his shoulder. Okay. And, um, so then he felt that too. Like, I think he was still in the bed when that happened. He would feel her or feel like there's touch sensation. He's like, what the hell? So this all happens after this person brought it up to him. So he's like, oh shit, here we go, man. And then, um, he said the last thing was he had a dream. And in the dream, it was weird because in the dream, my mother says to him, um, and he set it up by saying, um, Bernie was failing in the last few months prior to getting COVID. Now, I, I'd never heard that. I just, you know, my mom is my mom, and you're going to expect somebody two-edged. He says, but she was failing. Like, there was all sorts of nuanced things that maybe only he would recognize as her caregiver. Okay. So he described that as happening. And then in his dream, he's sharing this with us. He says that in the dream, my mother walks up to him and says, Wally. And then um, uh, he says, yeah. And she says, I am going to go get COVID. Of course, as you know, as some of you may not know, she did die from that. Um, and uh, she says, well, or he says to her, well, Bern, you already had COVID. And she says, no, no. I'm going to get COVID. And then he says, uh, okay, or something like that. I'm, I'm probably screwing some of these details up. But he, the way he pieced this together is that that was almost like a snapshot of her brain prior to catching it, and she was tired, you know? And, uh, I mean, that sounds like a suicide thing to me, frankly. But, I mean, sometimes that's the way you want to go out, I guess. But uh, that's what the dream told him. So just weird. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything to it or what or just his brain. But uh, he shared all that, and that, that made everybody cry. You know, I started crying right there. And I, I hadn't cried. I haven't cried about my mom in a long, long time. And, you know, as you, as you process it. So I think that that's the weird thing about this whole deal is, um, you know, um, my mom dies in mid-October, and then, you know, there's not really any closure. So this, is, this was important uh, to, be, to be there for that. And this was the thing that uh, we moved. Uh, we we're going to take a trip to Tennessee. And originally I was like, oh, no, I can't. I'm going to Tennessee. And then my, my brother Jim said, ah, you, you don't want to do that, man. Uh, uh, do whatever you have to do. Move the vacation. You don't want to miss this. And I'm glad I, he was right. I'm glad I took his advice uh, because it was, I don't know, it was good. It was good to see everybody. One of the things I noticed, and that's about all the heaviness you're going to get from me on this deal. Um, is uh when you when you a lot of these uh, uh family members like my brother and he has a son who's uh, you know peak adolescence and when you
And I've got a few family members like that who are younger, and they're making these huge transformations. You ever see the, like, you, you, you don't see a young person for a significant time, and they're a kid, and then the next thing you see them, it's like a man. And you're like, what the hell happened? The face changes so much. It's like they got facial hair. I'm like, I see my uh, uh, stepbrother, John's son, Jack. The dude's got a full beard. He's got like a big boy job. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? How did this happen? And I honestly feel when I see these people, especially the young people, that they're catching up to me in age because I still don't feel like I age. Here I am. I'm 51 years old. I'm aging rapidly. I look just as screwed up as all these other old people that are my stepbrothers and, and whatnot. And I, and I walk into the room. I'm like, oh, my God, they're all looking so old. It's like, you dumb shit. You look like them. You're the same as them. What are you doing? And uh, for some reason, I don't know why this is, I always feel like, well, I'm staying the same age. And I don't know if I'm the only one that thinks that, but I, I genuinely have that vibe. I, I feel like, oh, my God, I'm glad I'm not that guy or glad I'm not her. Holy shit. And, uh, and then their kids, I'm like, oh, my God, they look older than me now. I was like, dude, you got it all wrong. You look older than all these people. I don't know what's wrong with my brain. Hang on, I got and then the, the damnedest thing happened. You could have knocked me over with a feather when this happened at this happiness party. My stepbrother, Joe, he's probably going to hear this if he's not hearing it right now. And that is a shock to me because I can honestly tell you that I, up to this point at this happiness party on Saturday, my world of podcasting, um, even more so now with podcasting, because radio, it was, even though you can get it from much further away when you're podcasting, meaning it's everywhere, um, I feel that what I say on the podcast is even more detached from those closest to me. No one in my family has ever really paid attention to what goes on here. At least, I mean, if they do, they don't tell me. So I have always been under the illusion and the impression, and I don't know if it's right or wrong, because maybe they're just not telling me, that no one from my family pays attention to any of the words that I say especially for the past two and one half years and 20 days. Um, believe it or not, Wally, my stepdad, he does. And in some ways that makes me sad a little bit because, you know, I, can't, I let it fly here. I say whatever the hell I want. I say nasty words all the damn time. But honestly, doing this like this is probably the truest form of me. I don't have anything holding me back, and I say whatever the hell I want. Uh, if there's need for a swear word for comedic purposes or because I'm acting like a loudmouth asshole, I'm going to say it, and I'm not going to think of uh, a, a bit of it. I like to pride myself as uh, saying all those things that, uh, that I do say. I, don't try, I, I try not to be overly sexual, not like gross, with the exception of when I was saying that that 71-year-old was hot. 
last week, which, by the way, I was kidding. Uh, well, she does look good, but I really don't want to have sex with her. We, on the Patreon podcast with Ben, we were, we were going down that road again, and Megan from Irvine, she got so pissed at me. Oh, my God. She goes, you know what? You guys sound like sexist assholes. You better knock that shit off. We're like, uh-oh. Sorry. She was pissed. So, all right. Um, getting back to my point, I um, I don't feel, I mean, it's weird to me if, and I, I just don't think that anybody listens. And I, I still, to this day, maintain that with the exception of this moment right here at the happiness party. Out of the blue, my stepbrother, Joe, and I, I, I've barely, uh, very rarely mentioned uh, my stepfamily on Wally's side. But I have uh, a stepsister, that is, her name is Janine, and, and two stepbrothers, Joe and John. Joe comes walking up to me. He goes, Eric, I got to tell you, your podcast got me through COVID. I guess he spent a lot of time at home or something like that or needed something to listen to. And I'm like, what? You, huh? I couldn't believe it. I reacted I didn't react like I am showing you now, but in my brain, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. I never once thought any, anybody in this room gave a shit about anything that I do, with the exception of his dad, which, again, it kind of bumps me how the Wally hears this because of sometimes I say shitty words and have uh, stupid points of view about things. And, it, and, it, and I, I worry that people are going to take it too serious. You know, frankly, the things I say, no one should ever take what I say as too serious. But there there I am talking to, to Joe, and he's like, oh, yeah, I listen all the time. And he's saying all these really nice things about, uh, you know, uh, sticking to it and maintaining the um, frequency at which I podcast and being able to uh, put together all these different moving parts and just saying all this nice shit I love. I mean, if someone's going to tell me something nice, you're damn well sure I am a sucker for somebody giving me uh, accolades. I I mean, that is, I'm not going to lie to you, that is fuel for Eric's ego. Um, because, I mean, let, let's be honest here. I'm a ham and egger. I, I, I know exactly what this is. I'm sitting here in a room above my garage, uh, was once quite prominent in my field, and this is what I do now. But honestly, I like this a hell of a lot more than that. But whatever. It is what it is. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I'm proud of it. Um, and I, I, I should never be ashamed of it. And I'm not. But, I mean, it's a small-time podcast. So to sit there with someone who I thought has no idea even what I say or do, and he's telling me he's a fan, I'm like, yes, that is so cool. So uh, thank you, Joe. I appreciate it that you you made my day on a day where you know it was a little melancholy there for a period of time but uh you 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 made you made me feel good so thank you and i hope you're able to hear this we should talk more frankly all right um i need to take a break after i do this i'm just warning you i gotta pee i had a limo ride yesterday like you wouldn't believe i did some limo work my side hustle I'm going to talk about that coming up, and uh, I've got uh, a, a whole lot more fun. I just want to remind you that the sponsors that drive this show and make it so that I can uh, continuously do this every single day. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
couple of them right now is uh, uh, Horizon Hydroponics, H-O-R-I-Z-E-N, hydroponics.com. If you're growing anything, my goodness, inside, outside, vegetables, flowers, cannabis, whatever it may be, Horizon Hydroponics. Oh, hang on. I'm really having a hard time here. Hold on. Damn it. A little frog in my throat. You can hear it there. H-O-R-I-Z-E-N, hydroponics.com. You can order online. It's sent anywhere in the U.S. uh, for free if your order is over $250. Use the coupon code ZANESHOW at checkout. That's Z-A-N-SHOW. You will save 10%. You can also order it online that same way. Save the 10% and pick it up at any one of their four stores. Alpine and Grand Rapids. The Growers Outlet in Byron Center, Kalamazoo, and Lansing, Michigan. Thank you, Horizon Hydroponics. If you're in West Michigan, you need a trusted place to get your car repaired, please consider Irvine's Auto Repair Grand Rapids Hybrid. Website, Irvine's.com, and that's E-R Vines. E-R Vines.com. Yeah, you know, if you're in West Michigan and you... uh, I guess a lot of the times when you want to get your vehicle repaired, you might like, uh, I don't know, take it back to the dealership that you bought it from. uh, The local uh, grease monkey who works on the corner. No. Support the podcast by supporting the sponsors. Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. 616-532-6600. Stay right there. I got to take a quick break. And then I will be back. Back in a minute. Taking a pee. Get back to work. Some of the comments. Poor Jason with his loudmouth wife says, I'm tired, everybody. This is my third double shift in four days. And two were third shift. Damn it. Holy cow. Uh, Kenny writes, when Eric talks about family or Jeffrey, kidney donation, things like that, you get a good glimpse into who he truly is. Those are my favorite moments. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you, Kenny. I appreciate that. Uh, Let's see. That's tough for me to catch up. Hey, man, I'm at work. Swear words. Ego incest. Joe was stroking your ego. Patriot Nick is talking about Sarah's chasing the shiny squirrel that stole her headphones. Sarah says it was a sweet story about his mom. I was listening. I multitask. Uh, Let's see. Um... Josh says, I agree with you, Kenny. It was when I liked him the best on Free Beer and Hot Wings. He'd show who he really was. And five seconds later, going back to calling people fat bitches. Yeah, that's not going to change. All right. Thank you. By the way, I saw a picture of my mother's grave. Um, would it kill you at the cemetery... So, I don't know, uh, put down 80 cents worth of topsoil and 6 cents worth of grass seed and put some water on it? 
How can that even be? It's been a long time since she passed. It's like, no, wait, nine months. It looks like shit. Unacceptable. So I had limo work yesterday. And, uh, okay, I pick up my passenger, the guy who's running the show, and he's a dude who uh, is also a limo driver. I'm like, Ryan, what are you doing? He says, yeah, man, we're going to uh, wine country. We're going to do a wine tour, me and a bunch of my friends and their girlfriends. It's four couples, eight people. And I go, nice, okay. So uh, we go to the place where we're picking up all these couples. And I immediately, uh, as I'm standing there, I feel my uh, right foot, something is wrong. I, I'm standing on cement, but it feels like I'm standing in mud. <clears throat> but it's not mud. It's like mud, but a million times worse. It's dog shit. Some asshole has decided to not pick up where his dog shit at this pickup point. And here I am in this pair of dress shoes. And that that actually was a saving grace because if it were sneakers, you know, it would be so in the grooves. You just basically take the shoes off and throw them in the garbage. I cannot get rid of this frog in my throat. But this continues. I got to quit. Seriously. Um, Maybe if I just call my voice down here, I got to get through this. This is a great story. So I'm standing there, and then the two dudes, um, they look down, and uh, they go, oh, shit. And I go, yeah, you're right. Oh, shit. And my foot is just, it's so, okay. You ever, like, step in shit, and um, it isn't like a glancing blow where you just get the side of it, the side of the pile. The... Um, my shoe has hit directly on top of the shit and um, it has flattened it and the shit now has um, is attached to the shoe and it's sticking out. So now my shoe looks, it's like a pancake and the sides of the pancake, the shit pancake, and I was sticking out from the shoe and I lift up my foot and I go, oh, fuck. And the guy goes, oh, yeah, man. And they all kind of like get away from me because they know I've got, I got to get this off my fucking foot. So I start dragging my, my foot down on the grass of this residence. I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm trying to figure out how the hell this happened. Maybe even one of these guys has a dog. I don't know. Oh, my God. And so uh, <clears throat> Ryan, <clears throat> the, um, the dude who's another limo driver, um, and he's, he goes, uh, you want some ice? Because there's ice in the limo. And I'm like, ice? What, what, what? I didn't sprain my ankle. What do you, no, I, no, I, I got it. It's okay. I'm thinking this is going to be a terrible time. Now, um, I am in the car with eight black people. Now... That doesn't really mean anything, and it shouldn't. It should never mean anything. But um, sometimes 
there's a dynamic that you can't really put a finger on. And I, I have to be, I, I, I'm just a fly on the wall. I'm not, I don't, you know, you don't like interject yourself in the, you're just a part of the car. Now, I'm in the room, in, well, essentially, I'm in the front, they're in the back. And I, I noticed that the conversation is like, uh, at one point I hear, man, Traverse City had n- no black people. Yeah, I can't believe how white that place was. And I'm like, oh, shit, please. You know, this is, I just don't want to, I don't know. I don't want to, because I have been involved in conversations and this, uh, in, in cars, like a group of women are talking about uh, labias and vaginas one time. And uh, I hear, Eric, and I'm like, oh, no, they're going to ask me my opinion. And I'm like, just don't. And sure enough, they did. And I'm, and uh, hey, what do you? Pre- it was actually a conversation. What do you prefer? Do you prefer women to have large labias or uh, or, or smaller labias? And I'm like, well. And they go, well, the labia. And I'm acting like I didn't know what the fuck was going on. They go, the labia is what sometimes these are women referred to as meat tarps. Do you like meat tarps? I'm like, what a f- holy shit! I can't believe you're asking me this question. So, you know, I'm in a way I was kind of like, I, I hope they ask me questions that they've always wanted to ask a white person, you know, because I'm the only white representative in the vehicle. I got four white guys, four white, uh, four, I'm sorry, four black guys, four black ladies. I'm like, let's have some fun. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, maybe just don't hope for that. So all is good, and uh, everything worked out fine, but um, they, they started listening to music. And this is not, um, this has nothing to do with race, okay? This, because every, the one thing that has bound uh, the, the thing in common between uh, white people and black people, no matter what, they always listen to horrible music, Okay. White people, black people, doesn't matter. But the only group of people that I haven't listened to, that I've been listening to music in the car, is if you have like five or six white dudes. For some reason, white dudes tend to just like listen to the music low, just my observations, and drink. Everybody loves to drink. All the adults drink. White women listen to horribly raunchy shit, okay? And black men and black women together listen to horribly raunchy music. I mean, you wouldn't believe it. And um, there is a new level of awkward you get when you're sitting in a vehicle driving and uh, the every other word is the N-word, uh, ending with an A. You know, I don't think uh, a black artist use a hard R. But, I mean, it's it's bad. And I'm just sitting there listening to it. And uh, they are singing along and having the time of their life. And I just don't pay attention. I, I, can, I can hear it, obviously, but I'm paying attention to the road. You really got to concentrate. But they're having so much fun. We get out of the car at whatever place, and uh, Ryan says, hey, man, are you okay with this? I go, absolutely. This is great. I don't have a problem with any of this. What are you talking about? He goes, well, you know, we're kind of rowdy. I go, Ryan, you're a driver. You know as well as I do. What happens in the limo happens in the limo. It's just fun. Just knock yourself out. He goes, do you want us to put up the partition? I go, no, no. 
Uh, I, uh, another conversation. Man, Sagatuck's white also. I go, yeah. And then, I, and then, or I didn't say that. They go, yeah. And they go, well, wait a minute. There was one black person, though. They're like, I didn't realize black people do this. They get together and they're like looking around for other black people just to see if they're there. They're like keeping score. It was great, though. Had a great time. Everybody was super kind, super sweet. Uh, and, you know, that w- that's that's the way it was. When they, they even went long. They were supposed to be uh, dropped off at 5 p.m. Ryan goes, hey, can we keep the car? I go, whatever you want, man. You can keep the car as long as you want. Just let me know. So we, uh, we had a hell of a time driving all over the place. It was great. I love that job. I mean, uh, it's the easiest, most fun way to make great money. I'm serious. Uh, it is very rare that you uh, don't make decent money in that job. It is an awesome side gig. Love it so much. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. All right. A lot more to talk about. Let's get into this idiot. This happened locally, but it's worth talking about, and there's audio that accompanies the story. I'll uh, link it up. There's video, too. Um, But I should probably get the video. No, it's a pain in the ass. Let me just play the audio for you. Okay. Uh, in the shitty part of uh, of where I live, not far from here, some idiot um, decides to take a rope and tie a noose. And not like a little handle noose like, uh, uh, what's the name of the NASCAR driver? Uh, Bubba Wallace. Remember the, uh, the, the noose on the garage thing? And everybody lost their mind. This is that because that, that wasn't a noose. It was a handle. It was a ridiculous story. <clears throat> everybody made a, Remember that? That stupid. They made a huge deal about it. And uh, for the big race, everybody walked holding hands and shit. And it turns out it wasn't even a noose. Uh, this is a noose in this guy's window. He makes a noose out of a giant rope. I mean, big, big noose. And he hangs it. In the window of his shithole house. And he lives in a predominantly black neighborhood. This white dude. And this guy is, oh man, wait till you hear this drunk piece of shit and hear what his excuse is. Check this out. A disturbing scene in Grand Rapids. A noose hanging from a window. A concerned passerby posting it on Facebook where it then prompted outrage. Tucker Data investigator Susan Samples talked to the homeowner who has since removed the noose. Susan? The noose was hanging in the window of a home in the area of Eastern and Franklin on Grand Rapids Southeast Side. It is down tonight, but far from forgotten. Hello? Hello? It took a disheveled Greg Casimir a minute. Okay, you gotta understand. The reporter goes up to the door and uh, he's got bars all over his, his front door, you know, one of those types of places shitty neighborhood his front porch there's shit everywhere on the porch and uh and she goes and she's like hello and the guy it takes him forever to open the door to get the door but once he did the 59 year old homeowner had a lot to say why did you have a noose in your window up there 
Yes, I think the corrupt politician should be hung. Corrupt politician. Yeah, you got to understand. He sounds like a drunk. He looks like a drunk. He's got a cigarette behind his ear. You can see him kind of like that whole thing, uh, over-exaggerated mouth movements when you're hammered. You kind of talk about, I think the corrupt politician should be hung. So his take is, well, no, I I, I didn't put it up there uh, in this 99% black people uh, neighborhood because I hate black people. Yeah, I was trying to say that, uh, you know, corrupt uh, politicians should be hung. Yeah, because everybody in your neighborhood is going to think that, you idiot. Think the corrupt politicians should be hung. Corrupt politicians? You heard right. Casimir says the noose had nothing to do with race. That's for politicians that are corrupt. Casimir says he had the noose. Dog. The dog in dog speak is saying he's fucking lying. He hates blacks. And he goes, Jake. Jake piped out over there. That's for politicians that are corrupt. Casimir says he had the noose up for three days, but took it down when a neighbor told him his home had hit Facebook and evoked a lot of anger, including one poster who noted everyone knows what a hangman's noose represents. It didn't occur to you that people might be offended? No, and I don't care if they're offended. Casimir claims his beef is with government corruption. He's had a lot of interaction with the government himself, like an ongoing fight with code enforcement over the condition of his property. They show the porch. And you know, like you have concrete steps going up to the porch. I mean, this looks like they're destroyed. Like a hand grenade blew up the steps. And so somebody got wind of that. They go, dude, you got to put... Steps that lead up to your dwelling that aren't a hazard. Government himself, like an ongoing fight with code enforcement over the condition of his property, and a criminal record that includes this 2011 standoff with police prompted when someone reported a man with a gun on Casimir's Eastern Avenue porch. He called the standoff a misunderstanding. I was drunk and my stereo was on, never heard anybody. I was drunk and my stereo, he had a standoff. While she's saying that, they've got footage of like, uh, you know, the SWAT team showing up with the shields and because uh, he was waving a gun around on his front fucking porch and his excuse is I was drunk and the stereo was on. Uh, No doubt LAV. Oh, my God. And then uh, I see one of the comments. Who thinks a noose is ever a good idea? Uh yeah, that's the thing. Now, here he is in a predominantly black neighborhood and you show a noose. I mean, if that isn't looking for trouble, even if you don't, even if you necessarily, I mean, he might not necessarily be a racist. He might be telling the truth. He's just that stupid. Who thinks that that is a good idea? Uh, Dirk says a noose alone isn't necessarily racist. Yes, but anybody who doesn't see the big picture is a fucking moron. That is 100% true. You don't want to you don't want to be around the guy who in a black neighborhood says, "Hey, I got a great idea. Let's put up a noose and see what happens." Egg on his porch, by the way, is Australian, left behind by an old girlfriend, according to him. He says he plans to put the noose back up, but with a big sign making it clear it's for corrupt politicians. It has nothing to do with color. Not a damn thing. The noose is an equal opportunity employer. Listen to this guy. The noose is an equal opportunity employer. 
Grand Rapids police tell me they received a call about the noose, but when they went to the home, it had already been taken down. Police did not make contact with the homeowner. I'm so glad that I live in a place where not one person where I live wants to make some statement to the world that could be viewed as another thing or whatever. I'm just, it just makes me so happy. Now, my neighborhood does have a few people that you kind of like raise an eyebrow at. That one crazy guy that I challenged to whip his ass. Remember that story? I was, uh, Diane and I are walking. We decide to go. I mean, we always have the same path when we walk the dogs. And for some reason, I went just uh, down a, another area that we never go down. And uh, it, it goes to a dead end. You turn around and you walk back. No big deal. And uh, some guy comes marching down the driveway, acts like I'm not there, and goes storming up to Diana aggressively and says, you clean up after that dog? Like that. And uh, she looks around and she's like, wait a minute. Who is he talking to me? And well, of course he's talking to you. And then uh, she looks at me, and in my uh, I have I know it sounds gross, but the bag of poo is in my coat pocket, and I pull it out and I hold it up. I I, I immediately regret that. I wish I would have just said uh, uh, whose business is it? But I I I wanted to uh, let the guy know that hey, we we do clean up after our dogs. And, but he's like aggressive. He storms down the driveway. And, uh, and so I hold it up and I look at him and, uh, he goes, yeah, it's a good thing. Cause somebody it's like a, being a total asshole, it's a good thing. Cause somebody's dogs crapped, uh, on the property. And, uh, it was at this point. I said, why don't you come out here and we'll discuss it in the street. And he goes, what? I go, I will whip your ass. And he looked at me like I was nuts. And I'm like, good. Because I, I swear to God, I was just not having it at all. Uh, my wife is like, okay, seriously, enough. That's the one thing you can't do. You can't, you can't do that to my wife. You just, it's just not, I mean, there, there's no way that that's going to work. Ever. It's always, I'm probably going to get my ass kicked. But, I mean, uh, at, at the end of the day, it's the same thing like what happened with the uh, the guy when the vehicle got stuck. Todd, when we were up north. The second you get into the wife zone, you're better off getting beat up by whoever than looking like a fucking coward in front of your wife. If the if you have to choose between not defending your wife and getting the shit kicked out of you, you got to get the shit kicked out of you. But at the same time. You got to maybe dig out an eye or grab his dick and yank it off or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, in, my, in my opinion, there is no place in the world for the husband who doesn't defend his wife like that. You, like, you have to, no matter what. And if you're on the other side of that, the last thing you want to do is go after somebody's wife. Or, or you know, try to intimidate them or, or to speak poorly to them. Uh, be completely disrespectful. You can be disrespectful with me all you want, but not my wife, you know? Kind of old school like that. Dirk says, I have a German Shepherd. I didn't know that. I love Shepherds. I walk her in the neighborhood. Why haven't I seen a picture of this dog? 
And I walk her in the neighborhood. If she goes, I pick it up with the dog bags. And I've never been tempted to jam a full bag of poo in my pocket. Yeah. I do. I, I, I put... Uh, I, I, I have a lot of shit that I have to pick up on each walk. And so the, all the bags... Dirk says, you have seen my dog. I don't remember. Uh, all, all the bags go in, in my coat pocket. And if I don't have a coat on and I just have like a pair of pants with a pocket, the bag of poo is getting stuffed into the pocket every time. You're like, how can you possibly do that? Well, I mean, it's in a bag. And eventually when you pull the bag out, the smell is going to leave. So it's okay. You know? Is that is that weird? Chris says you need like a dedicated poo backpack. No, I don't because I've got a pocket. <sighs> yeah, when you guys beat me up about it, it it does it feels kind of it feels kind of gross. But I don't even think about it. Carry the doggy bags and a grocery bag. Melissa says it's extremely weird. <clears throat> Jason says, when in doubt, go full-out prison fight scene from Banshee with the albino. I don't know what that means. Al says, so you're admitting to being full of shit. Uh Good one. Sam says, it's just fertilizer. How is uh, Leah doing? I know she had a little bit of a... uh, Follow-up bit of oddness that happened that had her wind up back in the hospital. I saw that. Can you please let me know, Sam, via the text, how your lovely better half, who just recently gave birth to your first, is doing? Sometimes these things happen where the mom, I mean, something gets sideways after she goes home, and all of a sudden, oh, my God, she finds herself back in the hospital. That happened to uh, Sam's better half, Leah. Do I say Martinassi? That's how I say your name, right? Sam the Jew, let me know. Terry says, extra layer to the big race. Eric carries bags of dog shit. Come on now. All right, you guys are just full of great jokes today. You bunch of dumbasses. By the way, it's going to be a short week. I am only doing this show until Thursday. Now, let me tell you something. The goal is the goal, and I'm starting to work on it today, um, <clears throat> is to have content for you. Again, it's best of material. And, you, you know, some people might be like, ah, who cares? They can just go back and listen to an old podcast. I like having best of shows. I like, you know, to me it's – um. I like putting those shows together. Well, I mean, it's a lot of work, but I like knowing that they're being released. And I've, I've, uh, um, so I kind of have to work ahead. So that would mean best of shows in a perfect world. I could wave uh, my magic wand and we'd have best of and Patreon best of shows for Friday of this week, all of next week, and for part of the week after that. Um, I am bringing my gear with me on vacation just in case I. I get a notion to go live in some capacity, but don't hold me to that. I also have to produce a bunch of insane asylums, like three episodes of the insane asylum. 
and I have a handful of days to get all of this done. Not complaining, but my work is cut out for me. That'll be a lot of work, and I will be I will be proud if I get that all done. I can't say for sure whether or not it's all going to get done. There might be some lulls, but I got to commit, so I'm working on it. I'm 95% there. I just, it depends on how, like, today goes. If I get a good portion of it done today, you know, at some point I have to start preparing for the time off, you know, and I want to have a good trip. I'd, I'd like to actually have all this ready to go and then just leave and not worry about podcasting. As much as I love podcasting, it's still very important to, like, decompress and uh, not be attached to the phone, not worry about what I'm going to talk about, just sit there and immerse myself in the uh, surroundings of where we're going and what we're doing. You know what I mean? There's there's something to be said for that. All right. Live in Jersey, Kate says. Uh, Aram says that's another thing that Free Beer and Hot Wings has slacked on. That show. What is going on with that show? In fact, I want to get into this right now. This is this is fantastic. Oh, there's your dog, Turk. Hi, honey. Now, this is a, a beautiful shepherd. I hope this dog, and she's okay. She's got a few years on her. She looks healthy and happy, but I see a little white on that face. What a doll. Now, she's not like Richard Francisco's dog, Charlie. I hope she's not like that because Charlie looks sweet, okay? But Charlie wants to rip my balls off. I hope she's not like that. Chris says free beer and hot wings are, on, are just on cruise control. I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's uh, God, I don't know. I don't know what the thinking is behind that. I don't buy the, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's in a cancel culture world or I, I don't know why, um, why it is the way it is. It's just, it just get you just get the impression that it never really gets going. There's just, I mean, uh, I, I, I beat them up about the whole around the room thing, which is just the laziest thing I have ever heard. Now, for context, there's a guy on who was on their show that no one liked, including them. Um, his name is Justin. And if I remember correctly, because I don't listen that much anymore, um, this dude Justin brought up that he used to work on a radio show where they would do this around the room. Hey, I'm so and so, and I have a motorcycle, and that's how they would do it. And they kind of laughed at that. And then that dude ended up leaving the show, and um, they then took that bit and adopted it and made it the focal point of the entire show. Like it's the cornerstone segment where each person says, Hello. I'm so-and-so, and and I like chicken noodle soup. And no offense, but not one of you has a life or the ability to tell a story in an interesting enough fashion that that can produce any type of 
like segments that have any oomph behind it whatsoever. You're just not cut out for that. You got to figure something out here. This is bad. Now I'm getting audience members reaching out to me with recaps. This is, I wake up, it's, it's, uh, I, I, and, and this audience member is taking it upon themselves to send me book reports of what's going on on this show. Now, to be fair, for a couple of years prior to me leaving, we were going down this road. It would be this way whether I was there or not. This doesn't have anything to do with my presence. If I were there, this would still be a thing. It's just past. We had gotten to a point where creatively we didn't feel anything. We weren't really doing Joe stunts anymore. It just, ah, uh, I don't know. The uh, magic had left. Um, and so I can't say this has nothing to do with whether I'm there or not. Full disclosure. If I'm there, it still sucks. First segment, around the room. Hot wings taking up kayaking. Okay, now right there. If that leads to something interesting, excellent. It better have some punch to it. If not, fucking make it up. Joe likes 80-year-old karate lady. I don't know what that means. Steve, can you... uh, (laughs) Can you eat chicken left out overnight? Um, So who knows where that went? Maybe it was funny. Uh, The answer is no. And then this person writes, everyone in the studio is fully vaxxed, yet he's wearing a mask again. Okay, now that's what you need to be talking about. You need to be talking about why he's decided that's an interesting thing. Because everybody knows that if you, first of all, if you wear a mask, the only reason why we ever wore masks was to keep people from getting sick. It's not to keep you from getting sick. We all know, that's always been a thing. It's to slow the spread. Um, this person wrote, everyone in the studio is fully vaxxed, yet he's wearing a mask again. Sounds great on a radio show. Probably better idea just to take some mics out of the room. I honestly think they should have three mics in the room. They should only have three people in the room, actually. Kelly, this is the young lady who's on there who is a producer, of course, with a microphone. Everybody on that show gets a fucking microphone. Kelly. It says, had a productive weekend with housework. Now, I don't, again, I don't know what these lead to. It could lead to something funny, but the way this is written. And then it says, Rachel, who is the phone screener. Again, you not everyone needs a mic. Went shopping at Goodwill. Segment two. Replay from Friday. Segment three. Airline prank goes wrong. Someone airdropped pics of an airsoft gun. Could be interesting. Could be fun. I don't know. This is all out of context. I wrote, 
The, uh, the first segment seems ridiculous. I can't even get behind wearing a mask. The point of wearing a mask is to keep others from getting sick. What the fuck is wrong with him? This person writes, wait, weren't you going to wear a mask forever? <clears throat> he wore a mask uh, through all last year, even after they were all vaccinated. He took it off for a couple weeks, but is back into it. He's probably scared. I just wouldn't show up to work. Uh, fourth segment, Freebear stepped out of the room. They're having to cover for him, but are just talking about him being out of the room. Hot Wings just turned it towards the Olympics. I said, you should call and passive aggressively ask questions that we all know they don't want to answer. This person writes, I don't think I've ever heard them mention him wearing a mask. No, they're, they're not going to address. There's just going to be an elephant in the room. That to me is the only fucking interesting thing you could possibly be talking about that early in the morning. Is Steve, why the fuck are you wearing a mask? Uh, this person writes, Steve has the ability to do, to do the show from home. Why not just do it if he's so uh, worried about it? This person, by the way, this person is uh, kind of like of, I don't want to say an anti-vaxxer. No, no, I will. This person is absolutely is a pain in the ass about this sort of thing. So that narrows it down for some of you. They all got the vaccine, and after a week or so, they started taking their masks off at the microphones, but would put them on if they got up to move anywhere. Steve always kept his on. He always reminds me of Eeyore, this person writes. Let me just say, uh, yeah, I can't even get behind that. If I'm in a room, if I'm vaccinated, I, I mean, I'm done. This is over, in my opinion. At this point, uh, it's, it's vaccinated people spreading it amongst unvaccinated people. That's how I feel. That's why in a lot of these states where you have a lot of a uh, uh, high number of people who are not vaccinated, you're seeing um, it's never going to leave. I've just come to grips with this. We are. It is never, ever. We till the day I die till the day you die. We are going to be dealing with this. All right. This is where it gets silly. I wrote, we'll never know because they never talk about things that can actually lead to something interesting. If I was there, we'd be, we'd be discussing it. I would stir that shit up. This person writes, now they're talking about what would you win a gold medal at? Oh, fuck. Hey, let's go around the room. And uh, hey, man, uh, what do we got to... Uh, what would you win? The Olympics are going on, so we're going to tie this in here. Oh, so it's, it's like a tie-in with the Olympics. So what we do is we say, what would you win a gold medal at? You know, uh, and then uh, people will have, there's like a connection between what's going on at current events and what we're talking about. That's an old radio trick. So what would you win a gold medal at? Let's go to the foes. Oh, God, fuck me right in the asshole. I wrote, oh, dear God, they just thought that up on the fly. So what are you expecting for? What do you? What would you win a gold medal at? Uh, jerking off. Uh, I don't know. Uh, beating my wife. Uh, t- sh- fucking stupid. Huh. That is horrible, guys. Come on. I wrote, oh, my God, they thought that up on the fly. This person writes, they used the drop. Wow, cool story, horrible bitch. But they play it, 
they'll like stop it. It'll say, wow, cool story. Wow, cool story. They'll like stop it. And uh, that goes back to, I'll never forget the time when the syndicator, a guy named Peter Kosan, he said, all right, no more swearing. It's like, wait, what? (laughs) I can't sell the show if there's swearing. So we had to, like, take uh, bad words out of the drops. So you take a drop that was absolutely awesome. You ruin it, and then you point out that you've ruined it by only by stopping it manually on the fucking thing. Uh, Dirk writes, either edit it to remove the horrible bitch, or just stop using it if you're not if you're if you're going to play it. If you wanted to use it, just don't play it. Instead of truncating it, it sounds like shit. I wrote to this person, I want you to do this every day because I'm going to read it. person writes i think i might even said this person's name and i was reading all this did i give away who this was i don't want to because i think this person might still communicate with them in some degree i don't think he thinks they're bad people he just thinks the show sucks tons of dick and it does not sure i can commit to listening to this mess but they're now talking about a guy that masturbates a lot okay so wait a second you're you're gonna skip playing the word bitch on a pre-recorded drop but you're going to talk about a guy that masturbates a lot. What? Aram says, have they added a new drop to the machine since 2016? No. That used to be an everyday job. That's the one thing that I always did was added new drops, and I was in charge of it. They used the same old fucking drops from when I worked there. I bet you they're saved under the same name. Uh, Cleveland Guardians changing their name talk, and, uh, and then he's not, and then he left. He left listening because... Uh, um, he wanted to listen to this show. My dog is part German Shepherd dog and part Whippet. Amazing personality. Seven and a half years. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I am anti these vaccines. Shut up. Jason says, when will we hear new drops on this show? More like, when will we hear any drops on this show? Drops... Um, you know, even uh, playing a sound from time to time on here is, uh, is, is one thing, but you got to understand drops are only effective when they fly in while you're actually talking. And that means you need another person to do that. So I have to focus on you and the microphone and the storytelling. When the attention gets diverted to other places, that just, it just doesn't work. I mean, I can sit here while I talk. And uh, throw in uh, Joe Joe's forbidden Spanish. Tu madre es una puta. And various and various things. Uh, not that you see. That's what happens. And various things that I've played before that you that you know and love. Fuck you, Eric. But it's it's weird. It's not the same. If um, if I don't have somebody actually doing it. Aram says he can't put the drops in on himself. He would have to play the drops. We would have to play the drops, which we kind of do with comments. You kind of do. You know, I'll tell you this right now. If I ever had indis- uh, like a, uh, a vast amount of income that I could bring someone in here and, and actually pay them to do that job, I would absolutely do that. But I, I don't have that type of flexibility. 
I, I make just enough money on this podcast to stay afloat. And that's it. Now, maybe one day. If I keep working hard, who knows? Now, so um, just kind of addressing the elephant in the room that has come up a lot lately on this show that they it's um, E-Rock from Compound Media, the Kumia show, said it's not like they're not having success. They're heard on like 50 radio stations. But then he said, but like the stations that they're on, it's not like there's a huge amount of reach. Stations, yes. Reach, no. And that show is awesome for small town USA, unranked market with no money. The way they do it is, and it's effective, you present it to a station at no cost. So anywhere USA, one stoplight town, they put the show on. It doesn't cost the station anything. They're given some ad inventory, which results in a little bit of money. But at the end of the day, those stations are just for, hey, look at we've got 50 stations. Nice. Great. That's really cool. Uh, but even when I was there, we were starting to get to that where Cosan will just make it available for free to the first bidder who can offer them a bit of inventory. They're, they're not making any money on that. And it's, it's tough to earn. And E-Rock also said, and, and this is true, there was a point in time when um, the stars really aligned for us. This is before I even left. A lot happened. Howard Stern left, okay? Opie and Anthony left. Plenty of opportunities for stations to put shows on. We capitalized in that, okay? It isn't that we were some exceptional show. It was all right. It was good enough. But I'm not going to sit here and say that even anything I did on that show was groundbreaking or amazing. Like I said, good enough to earn a hell of a living, but it's, well, it is what it is. You Tell you what, I'll give you a homework assignment. Listen to it, okay? And let me know what it is. Huh? You listen to it, and you tell me what you think. Aram says, how long before radio isn't profitable? Though you've shown that sponsors can get just as much reach through podcasts, absolutely. Jason says, I think Doan works cheap. Just saying, uh, no, if I were to ever to do a show with another person in here, I don't want to talk to that person. Okay, I want to talk to you just the way I'm doing, and they jump in when they can because. Monologue style, for me, is the only thing I'm comfortable with. And you better damn well be sure that if you're in this room with me, that you don't really get in the fucking way. Because I want to be able to keep the momentum going. Jason says, Opie and Anthony didn't leave. They got fired and had to sit out two years before they went to Sirius. Well, that's true, but you know what they actually did was they didn't get fired for two years. The truth of the matter is, Opie and Anthony, after the Sex for Sam incident, they made money for two years. Their show was canceled, but they were still earning the paycheck from their employer while they waited out the end of the contract. They were just muted. They still earned a lot of money for two full years, which is remarkable. 
Kyle says that the captain said it last week. Radio will go away when they can't play five minutes of commercials. Um, it's really kind of become a, uh, I, I, I will say, Freebird Hobblings will never, ever um, have to leave. I think that they will always have a place um, because it's spoken word content. Now, the stations that they're on may go belly up before them, but I don't think, the only thing that could possibly happen is that their local company or their local flagship um, might just not be able to pay the local cash. And, and I have a theory, and I don't know anything about anything, but they just signed a new deal at the start of 2021. And between then and now, they've added a number of these teeny tiny markets, with the exception of Buffalo. Buffalo's a good-sized market. Um, I, I, I take that back. There's probably some pretty good-sized markets, but there's, they do have their lion's share of very, very small markets. Um, and a lot of them are town square stations. I'm wondering if town square said, all right, uh, we can't pay you what you've paid in the past, but we're going to give you stations to make up for it. Would not surprise me if that happened because show made a, a really, really good income on the local station. GRD paid them a lot of money when I was there. And it would not surprise me at all if they just can't swing it now. Because local direct is so far down. So, who knows? Uh, I can promise you, though, I am not going to have a conversation about that with them. That, I can promise you. Aram says, I just want them to have to change back to being good content. Uh, yeah, Reddit lists... That's your, they actually have a uh, segment now where, and I'm not making this up, it is so damn cringeworthy where they say it's, it's titled People Need Advice. And it's not like listeners writing them for advice. They go to Reddit, like random threads on Reddit who, of people who are asking Reddit for advice. They read those people's questions and then... They've like now taken it and then like the show weighs in on it with like their thoughts on someone else's red. What? Oh, I, I, I would be fucking disgusted. I would not be able to do that. There's no way I could possibly ever do that ever. It's horrible. All right. Well, on this show, one of the things we've talked about quite a bit is um, a little dynamic that happened when our good pal Kenny gave a one-star review. Oh, yes. Now, Kenny, um, I, uh, I'm i not talking about this to beat you up, but um, it comes up because of uh, you doing that to that uh, local business person in Tennessee. You gave a one-star review to a guy. So I'm going to get into that story coming up in just a little bit because there is, there may be ramifications for people like you, Kenny, who do this. All right? Now, I don't want you to freak out yet. You might when I give the story, but just know that there could be trouble coming. First off, though, one of the ways I move the meter on this show is by doing cameos. I am approaching 100 cameos that I have done since I started doing these. 
I don't charge a lot of money. I, I, I wouldn't, nobody would do it if I charged a lot of money, but uh, they're $15.99. All of the proceeds go to me. I earn about 12 bucks if you get it through the Cameo app or go to cameo.com slash Eric Zane. Hire me for a roast for a friend of yours, family member, someone having a birthday, someone who's a fan of the show. Uh, you could also have it where I, I, you know, that's a roast where I'm busting balls. I sometimes I'm very sweet. It all depends on what you want. You hire me. You give me the directions of what you want me to do. And off we go. Cameo.com slash Eric Zane. All right. If you are turning 65 in the next six months, I want you to consider this. My newest sponsor is a company called My Policy Shop Insurance. Now, Frank Fuss is the gentleman. Frank the Tank is the independent insurance agent slash broker who does this. Now, insurance is tricky. And uh, being that I buy my own policy off of the marketplace to insure my family, I didn't know that this existed. I just thought everyday people, if they get their own insurance, have to just go and go to, uh, what do you call it, uh, healthcare.gov and, and just figure it out on their own. Well, that is no longer the way I do it. Frank does it for me. The best part is I don't pay Frank. It's free. For those of you who are turning 65, you will be more than likely utilizing the Medicare system to insure you or your family. Now, just for a little 101 on this, Medicare is for people who are turning 65. Medicaid is for the indigent who cannot afford it. We're talking Medicare here. As you turn 65, you will now be working with the federal government for your insurance. And it's a great, great program. Okay. Uh, Medicare is, uh, is awesome. That's what you pay for your entire life that you work. So it's time to utilize that. But navigating that is sometimes tricky. Frank is the guy. So whether this is you, if you're a listener of my show who happens to be in that age range, and that isn't a ton of you because I'm te- I tend to be in a more 25, 54 audience. But for some of you who do or if you know someone or a loved one who's getting ready to turn 65 and you know that, say, hey, this is what you need to do. I want you to reach out to this guy, Frank Fuss. He's the sponsor of Eric Zane Show podcast. He can help you do everything that you need to do for Medicare because this is tricky for some of you. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. Okay, Frank is going to do all of this for you. It's real simple. You go to buy insurancehere.com he has set this up specifically for zane show podcast listeners buy insurancehere.com all together buy insurancehere.com b-u-i insurancehere.com fill out the form takes you two minutes why where did you hear about me eric zane show podcast he's an asshole say something nasty about me please and then frank's gonna see that and then he picks up the ball and runs with it this guy is a dork when it comes to insurance, I don't know what the hell, how, how do you, how he is, it's a different cat. I mean, who gets pumped up about insurance, but he knows everything there is to know about insurance. So uh, that's what he does. Medicare, 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 65. If you're turning 65 in the next six months, reach out to Frank. He can also help you on the marketplace. If you buy insurance by yourself, if you get insurance from your employer, and it's time to re-enroll, reach out to Frank. 
It doesn't cost you anything. He's going to tell you all you need to know because there's all these different. Ah, we got up updates to the insurance policy with the company. You don't know what's going on. Frank can help you. And as always with all of my sponsors, you have to bang on their door when you need them. If not, the show doesn't happen. Thanks again to Back Alley Comedy Club. This business, Back Alley Comedy Club, is getting back on its feet after uh, having to shut down because, well, you know, the owner is Big Dick Donnie Veltman. All he's done during the pandemic is branch out so that Back Alley Comedy Clubs are now all over the area. You can't turn around without another set of shows at Back Alley Comedy Club. Now, there's been plenty of bookings that have been going on, and you've got uh, Back Alley Comedy Clubs at, in Muskegon, Howard City, not to mention Grand Rapids, and just a ton of shows that are happening uh, that have been uh, scheduled. I, I'll link it up on the show notes of the podcast. Thursday, August 5th, all the way to Sunday, August 8th, Gary Owen is in town. Click the link on the show notes for where these shows are. Tickets are 35 bucks. John Heffron and, jo- and John Reap are going to be in town from Tuesday, August 24th, all the way to Saturday, August 28th. If you want to see John Heffron and John Reap, uh, Back Alley Comedy Club in Muskegon, Rockford Lanes, Park Theater in Holland, Spectrum Lanes in Wyoming, Howard City Lanes. All of these places are affiliated with the one and only Don Veltman. Help Don get his business back on track by seeing a comedy show. Full listing, Back Alley Comedy Club on Facebook or at BackAlleyComedyClub.com. Okay. I am getting long in the tooth on this podcast. But I got to pee again, so I can't concentrate until I go pee. So stand by. This is turning into something that happens more and more often where I have to pee twice during the show. There's always so much to talk about. I flat out love it. Okay, don't move. Can't drop the E out of you. No longer is the show measured in hours, but pee breaks. Today's show is two to three pee breaks long. The Eric Zane Show. The bladder says it doesn't matter. Eh. Rob. Prostate filling in where the other kidney used to be. All right. Stupid. Just walked into the room where uh, the queen of the forest is uh, getting ready. Uh, Daisy do has to get to the vet to get her stitches removed. And Diana's curling her hair and looking how cute. She, uh. I'm just a sucker for perfume. Is there? I mean, I, I just walk into the room and she just smells perfect to me. Oh, just beautiful. I love her so much. 
Sarah says it's going to take him three days to drive to Tennessee with the amount of time he pees. Yeah, shut up. I was doing some numbers. It's 614 miles to where I'm going. All right. And I my the motorhome never gets over 55 miles an hour. Okay, you factor in the stops, things like that, which aren't uh, to pee. I mean, the, the only reason why technically we'd have to stop is to get gas and to pee. Because you know, I can't pee while driving. So let's take these 614 miles and divide it by 50 miles an hour average. That's 12.28 hours for 614 miles. So day one, Friday, we'll travel six, six hours. And then the back half, we will do on Saturday, another six hours. Now, 614 miles divided by eight miles a gallon, and that's generous. I'll be lucky if we can get eight miles an hour, or, uh, eight miles per gallon. That means usage of 76.75 gallons of gas. I did the math. I took the uh, average price per gas in each state that we're going to be in and divided it by number of states to give me $3.10 per gallon on average. That means to get there, it's $237 in gas alone, 92 cents. It's uh, a little bit more miles, a handful more miles to get to uh, a few dozen more miles to to, to get from Tennessee to New Jersey. Uh, and then to get from Jersey to Michigan is the longest trip. It's like 740. All told, we're looking at between eight and $900 for gasoline alone for the trip. Now, I've been actually saving up dollar bills, like uh, paper dollar bills uh, from limo driving. When you get like a tip, you uh, I, I, I put the actual cash into a stack. Hold on a second. I got to show you this. Hold on. So this is the trip. (laughs) An actual pile of fucking money. (laughs) So now I'm not going to take the stack of money. I'm going to the bank today and put this pile of money. It's that's fifteen hundred dollars. So, all right. Uh, Rob says, this is how I stack my soccer. Re- I like seeing a pile of money. Now, um, I've made more than that from limo driving, but I had to pay for uh, freaking Maddie's car. And then I had to pay for Madison's graduation party. So a pile of money is going to pay for the trip. So you got the, the money for the gas is half of that. And then the rest as to like for the fee to go to the campground. Maybe go out to dinner once or twice. Got to go out to dinner with the Zaniacs. 
And then with the camper, you can, Chris says, make it rain. Throw all the money in the year. Come on. Uh, and then, you know, when, when you're in the camper, we end up uh, buying a ton of food and actually cooking, you know, while you're there. Dirk says, if you use Google Maps for directions, you can actually uh, search for rest stops along the route. We do that. We actually do do that. That's a great tip. All right. This is all stupid. You can tell I'm running out of gas. Okay, listen to the story about Google reviews. Our old pal, Kenny. Um, Jesse sent subject line, Kenny better watch out. I don't think this is exactly the same. Because Kenny was not happy with the mechanic who the day before the mechanic was supposed to show up at his place to fix his car. Mechanic says, hey, I screwed up. I did not look at the distance from my place to your place. It's too far. It's not worth my time to travel this far to fix your car. I'm not coming. Kenny's like, oh, my God, what the fuck? Why didn't you tell me that sooner? This is bullshit. I've been waiting for somebody to fix my fucking car. Truth be told, that's a legitimate gripe. And the guy apologized. The guy did say sorry. But we all know what happened. Kenny kept on. And uh, then the the argument escalated, and uh, it, it turned into name-calling between Kenny and this guy. It wasn't a day before. It wasn't a day before. He wrote, see, Kenny's getting pissed, all caps. It was an hour and a half before. That is unacceptable. You're right. Absolutely unacceptable. Even if it was a day before, it's unacceptable. But an hour and a half before, that is completely unacceptable. Kenny says he had my address for over a week beforehand. The guy did not look ahead of time. The guy admitted that he absolutely dropped the ball. Now, most of us who are clear thinkers, unlike Kenny, would be pissed. But if the guy said, sorry, sir, I'm sorry, I apologize, which he did, but Kenny kept pushing. Kenny's like, no way, man. So this turns into a war of words between Kenny and this guy. Kenny then uh, takes it to Facebook. I don't know that he takes it to Facebook. I hear from audience members that he's taking it to Facebook, and he is just lighting into this guy, and then he leaves a nasty Google review, and uh, audience member says, man, Kenny's a Karen. I go, what are you talking about? Well, look at what he's doing. I'm like, oh, shit, he's, he's really letting this guy have it. He's killing him. So Kenny beats the shit out of this guy for the whole day. The whole day he's in a war with this dude, and he's taking him out in any way he can. Man, you won't believe how this injustice had occurred to me. Oh, my God. My life matters, too. <laughs> okay, this is terrible. So, it is, shit. Spends the whole day. It's like a Saturday. His whole day is ruined, you know? 
And then he does like a little search on Facebook, finds a guy who can fix it in one minute. Two minutes later, his car is repaired. Uh, Kenny says, audience members, you mean Kyler? Yes, it was Kyler. I wasn't going to say, but I forgot. So Kenny beats a guy up. We talk about it on this show. I bring the guy in. I talk to the guy in the podcast. It's great. Kenny goes bonkers. And uh, that's that. A couple in Vancouver, Vancouver, Washington, is being sued for $112,000 for a one-star review. These two, um, this couple, uh, gave a one-star review to a roof company, Executive Roof Services. The company turned around and sued the couple, is suing them for $112,000 after each of them left a Kenny review of the company's services. I don't know how I feel about this. If you leave a one-star review, that means that Kenny's one-star review, he could potentially be sued for that. Now, truth be told, if Kenny gets sued, it's like, uh, I don't think you want to sue him for $112,000. You might want to sue him for something he actually has, with his, which is like video games or something like that. These two uh, were served the lawsuit by the company that accused them of defamation and intentional interference with business expectancy. That seems weird to me that you can have this happen, to be honest with you. Uh, Nepper and Marsh, Autumn Nepper and Adam Marsh are the couple. They wrote in their online reviews that the receptionist of the roofing company, which was sent to their home by their landlord to fix a, a leak, was rude. And that the company, Executive Roof Services, services didn't follow through on the services that they were tasked with completing. The couple also filed a complaint with the Better Business Bureau, which a lawyer for the roofing company told KGW is proof that the two went out of their way to cause harm to the family-owned roofing company. According to the review, the receptionist refused to give me information. Let me back up here. Here's the fly in the ointment. The couple who lived in the house that is pissed off with the roofing company, the house is not theirs. They rent it. So the receptionist doesn't deal with the people that live there. The receptionist deals with the person who's paying the bill, the landlord. These dumb shits didn't think that through. So for some reason, they make it their problem. They reach out to the company and say, hey, the, the roof still leaks. What's going on? And the lady said, well, uh, you know, no offense, but I'm not talking to you. Uh, she said, the receptionist, these two right. She said I would have to get it from the landlord, which sounds right, right? I mean, who the fuck gets involved in the land? I mean, I've, I've uh, rented a home before. You never call the company that the landlord's dealing with. You call the landlord, and the landlord takes care of it. That's not your place, right? 
So I bet you on this story, some of you were hearing it saying, yeah, they should they should be able to give a bad Google review. Uh-uh. No, it isn't. It's not your business. You have, you have nothing to do with this. I support the roofing company. Sue the shit out of these idiots. I asked to speak with the manager, and she laughed at me. She told me I was verbally abusing her and that she was the office manager. She hung up on me, said Nepper. So this company is like, we don't, we don't deal with these people. They are not the customer here. So they can't give us a Google review. And I think they're right. In the Google review, they continued. She was super rude. Told me that she was the office manager and there was no one else I could talk to and hung up on me. Marsh added, noting that neither tenant was informed of when the company would finally complete the supposedly scheduled roof repairs. Yeah, they're not supposed to. It's not your business. The owner of ERS contacted the couple and told one of the two that her negative review needed to be taken down immediately before more damages were done to their reputation. He told me that he knew where I lived. He said he had forensics, a forensics guy, and that he would gladly spend $100,000 suing me, said Nepper, who added that she contacted local police, who in turn told the business owner not to contact them anymore. Hell, at this point, I'm like, I absolutely would sue these people. And it was then that uh, Nepper, one of the two, said that the Jordan Ramis law firm reached out to the couple on behalf of ERS to demand they take down the one-star Google reviews. Honestly, I cried immediately. Good. I was terrified. I can't afford a lawyer. I can't afford to pay $112,000, and I can't. I don't want to file for bankruptcy. Well, um, uh, mind your own fucking business, you busy-bodied asshole. Who the fuck contacts the company? When it's not your business, contact your landlord. Numerous lawsuits across the U.S. have emerged in recent years over. Now, truth be told, I don't think Kenny can be affected. He was dealing. He was dealing with this person directly, so uh, I don't think he, in effect, did anything wrong. Um, but uh, this is starting to happen. It, uh, businesses are fighting back. Uh, Numerous lawsuits across the U.S. have emerged in recent years over negative online business reviews. Many of these businesses were successful in winning tens of thousands of dollars from customers who posted bad reviews, with plaintiffs ranging from restaurants to doctor's offices. In New York City, a gynecologist filed a $1 million lawsuit against a woman over a critical Yelp review in 2018. An attorney representing the roofing company says that the lawsuit is not actually about the negative reviews, he explained. They intentionally harmed ERS by posting one-star reviews for the purpose of getting a report that they were not entitled to. Yes, I agree. Screw them. Yeah, people think that they can just say whatever the fuck they want about people online like that. That's bullshit. To me... When someone leaves a Google review on a business, like if I look up something and I see it, they have a bad, you know, a few bad reviews. Let's say they have like a 4.5 and most of them are good. And then there's a few bads. I I look to the bad ones. I don't care about the good ones. I want to see the bad ones. And something needs to happen. If there is a bad review, first of all, I'll read it. And then I'll be like, hmm, maybe. If the business responds, because they have the opportunity to say something back. If they 
challenge the bad review or at least try to accommodate, that tells me they care and they're willing to do what it takes to try to um, make it so that that customer who had not so great of an experience uh, gets it turned around for them. You know who does that? Irvine's Auto Repair Grand Rapids Hybrid. Uh, all right. You need to know this. I went ahead and deleted the direct message conversation and blocked Cardiff Electric. And here's, I blocked Cardiff Electric on Twitter. It felt a little weird because I got a direct message from Cardiff Electric. The same person who writes this here is also writing to me on Twitter. Wrote, out of the blue, do you want to see my penis? So I was like, I immediately felt gross. And so I didn't respond and blocked Cardiff Electric on uh, on Twitter. And so now I need to block him here. I, I've had it. I can't. It, it gets too, it's too rough. I can't, I can't do that. I, it, it just is weird. So I'm going to block you. I apologize, but you can't, you can't say that to people. Sorry, you're done. That's weird. It says, whoops, something went wrong. Try reloading the page. Well, I guess I can't block him right now. Yeah, that was, that was, that was too much. I shouldn't even have referenced it. Ah, okay. Asshole of the day is coming up. Asshole of the day is coming up. Could be Cardiff Electric for that. Uh, soliciting me to see his penis. It's fucking stupid. Uh, join me on Patreon. If you want to help out the show, please be a fan on Patreon. If you like my free podcast, you think it's worth your time. Uh, I do a Patreon each and every day of the work week after this one gets done. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Eric Zane. I put a lot of content up there each and every week. Uh, five or ten bucks a month is all it costs you. Five bucks a month gets you the full audio archive. Ten bucks a month gets you the audio, the video, and the live streams on Patreon. I'd love you to try it out, and if you don't like it, you can always cancel it, and you get the rest of that month. Really easy to cancel, too. I don't make it, like, difficult. But if you want, if you like it, let it ride every month, month to month, and um, or you can convert to a yearly, and I'll give you 10% off. All right. We have paintball coming up August 29th. Uh, originally scheduled for August 8th. We moved it to August 29th because I'll be out of town. Paintball war number 15. Reach out to me, eric at ericzaneshow.com, if you are going for that event at TC Paintball. You can still do paintball whenever you want, though. Book a party at TC Paintball. TCPaintballGR.com. That sweet, sensitive, loving, caring soul, Rick, from TC Paintball. You got to stop alienating your audience. Uh, Rick got asshole of the day on Friday over that one. Oh my God. 
All the people that I uh, that I attacked were like, no, tell Rick to fuck off. Fuck, Rick. TCPaintballGR.com. My paintball event is 35 bucks per. You get the paintballs. You get the gun. You get the mask. We're having a free pizza party before it gets started. It's at 5 p.m. August 29th. Uh, if you ever book your own paintball party, it's going to cost you a little bit more. But still, it's a great time, man. I love TC Paintball so uh, so much. TCPaintballGR.com. Letter T, letter C, paintballgr.com. The Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. If you are in the market for a mortgage, 231-332-6505. Thank you so much to Mario for being on board with the show. You are awesome. Uh, and whatever uh, you need, if you have a great credit score, this is going to be an easy process. If your credit score is kind of in the tank because of bankruptcy, divorce, you're just not good with money, whatever it may be. If your credit sucks, Mario can help you with that. You might not be in the greatest mortgage, but he's going to get you into a mortgage. That's better than paying some slumlord and then leaving people one-star reviews because your roof's not getting fixed. 231-332-6505. 231-332-6505. For the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. NMLS number 3035. The asshole of the day. Who's it going to be? First of all, let's kind of review of what we talked about. Maybe that'll help me. Uh, the happiness party. Not to mention that. Um, we talked about running the event, the big uh, uh, challenge with Mike Ball, October 17th, 80 some days away. I will launch that tomorrow. Limo work with my black friends. The idiot who put the noose up in the window. We talked about, oh, my God, the fucking train wreck that is, the Free Beer and Hot Wings show. We talked about uh, one-star reviews. And uh, that's about it. Oh, and uh, the guy asking me if uh, he wants... um, if he wants me to send, if he, if he, if I want him to send pictures of his penis. Yeah, I'm kind of over that guy. Uh, let's see. It's got to be the scumbag who put the noose up in his window. The noose idiot is your asshole of the day. Congratulations. Brought to you by, of course, TC Paintball, tcpaintballgr.com, and JM Synthetics. When you need any type of lubrication products, Get them at jmsynthetics.com. Figure out what you want and then call Jason Mays at 616-747-0233 and tell him. And then they show up at your door. Uh, Adam in Houghton Lake just bought some products from Jason Mays. He is getting the Twisted Sister vinyl. Yes, it's yours. Congratulations. I'll send you a record. By the way, Andrea... um, Damn it. Andrea should be the asshole of the day, too. I just thought of that. In fact, I think she trumps the guy with the noose. He's just a drunk idiot. No, Andrea has to be because of what she said early on in the show. Poor Jason Schaefer's pouring his soul out about his mother uh, needing a new kidney. And Andrea is saying, basically, let her die. What the hell? Ugh. 
That was the worst. What the fuck is wrong with you, you stupid hick? Jesus. What an idiot. Andrea is your asshole of the day. That is a rare uh, uh, change at the line of scrimmage audible on the asshole of the day. But no, without a doubt, Andrea, hands down, the asshole of the day. All right. Thank you, folks. I appreciate you being here. Talk to you on the uh, Patreon bonus podcast. I'm on schedule for an 11 o'clock start time. Talk to you then. Bye-bye.